This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Hey, what is up, podcast listeners? I am so glad that you have found yourself at the Joyful Courage Podcast. This is a place where we celebrate real and raw conversations about raising kids with conscious parenting and positive discipline. I'm your host, Casey O'Rourke. I'm a facilitator. I'm a parent coach. Most importantly, I am a mom of two teenagers and I am walking the path of more mindful, intentional parenting right alongside of you. Please know that this podcast is created for you. I create it for you and for our community. And if you love it, Feel free to share it with all of your family and friends over social media. Let's spread the word. Let's get as many people as possible listening to this show. Please write a review on Apple's podcast, formerly known as iTunes, and join the Patreon community where parents just like you are contributing just a small little amount each month to the show and enjoying perks like monthly webinars and community conversations about the content you hear on this podcast. Check the show notes for links and more details on all of that. I'm so, so grateful that you are here and now enjoy the show. Hi, listeners. My guest today is Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is a podcaster and YouTuber. He's the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, and Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family. Sid graduated from UCLA with a BA in philosophy and is a public speaker, certified nutritionist, and small steps coach. He teaches people around the world his unique small steps approach to healthy living, at www.smallsteppers.com. His latest podcast, What Sid Thinks, is currently available on iTunes. Sid is the Wellness Programs Director at the Stanford Inn Eco Resort. He's an ultra runner and race director for the Mendocino Coast 50K Trail Ultra Marathon. I am tired just saying that out loud. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sid lives on California's Mendocino Coast with his wife and three children, horse, dog, and two cats. Hi, Sid. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Casey. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Please let the listeners know a little bit more about you and what you do. 
Well, yeah, the you know, in the bio, there was certainly <laughs> a mouthful. Sorry that you had to read that whole thing. Um, you know, my main, my 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 main job began about ten years ago when I when I went back to school to become a certified nutritionist and started working in, in that field. But it quickly expanded as I realized that as I was handing people, you know, nutrition plans and okay, based on what you want and what your goals are, here's the here's what you do, and found that most people weren't sticking with my recommendations. And so literally within a couple months of me becoming, you know, working this way, I changed my entire approach. Um, and that's when I crafted my small steps approach. That's when I wrote my first book, Approach to the Natural, because I realized it was that we know more about nutrition than ever before. And yet we're getting less healthy. I realized that it was knowledge is only a very small part of the picture of how to actually pull this off. Mm-hmm. Most of it is implementation. And that's, that's where my focus began. Um, and became and, and solely stayed there. I launched a podcast back then called Approaching the Natural Podcast. I ran that for 222 episodes, um, all dedicated to the small my small steps approach. I later expanded it even further into the parenting realm, um, hence the new book that that I'm sure we'll talk about or whatever. But that that's again, you know, I really liked your in reading up about you. I was like, oh, we completely lock up on this. You know, like mm-hmm. this is a challenge, and how do we crack the nut? That's that's kind of where we're both focused. It seems like. Yeah, I love that. And I definitely see the overlap with having, I mean, there there couldn't be more information about parenting, right? I mean, there's blogs and podcasts and books and experts and there's so much information and just like the same with nutrition. And then the dedicate, you know, we wake up in the morning or we go to bed at night and decide, you know, tomorrow I'm going to stay calm. I'm going to be more con- present and connected. I'm going to do all these things because I know that this is what's going to serve myself and my family and my kids. And yet we find ourselves in those old patterns, right? And like, oh, if I just wasn't so mad, then I'd be able to stay calm and present, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the old patterns and habits, you know, people have to understand those are years in the making yeah. and we, and we want to undo those tomorrow. And it's, it's just never realistic that way, you know, and, and it's interesting. I was working with clients before I wrote the parenting book and the inspiration for that book, because I was working with clients and just helping them to be healthier and to eat well and to exercise the whole, the whole picture. Right. And yet a source of the, I started to re- realize that a large source of a lot of the, of my client's stress came from the family. Mm-hmm. It came from, you know, like you just said, like trying to you know, be, they're frustrated with themselves because they weren't handling things the way that they want to handle things, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, wait a second, this is interesting. This is completely bleeding over. This isn't separate from mm-hmm. being a healthy person. Your family can be a source of stress the same way that commuting can be a source of stress and junk eating junk food, a source of stress. It's all kind of that whole deal. And so, you know, it is that, that picture of how do you, how do you pull this off better? Um, but the question is, how do you do it in a way that sticks and you can't, you know, the expectation of fixing it tomorrow when you have, when you have, uh, you know, years of the making of habits is, is a lot of times unrealistic. I, I, when the book first came out, hasn't been out that long, I was interviewed and they said, well, why, you know, why do you feel like you're qualified to write a parenting book. And I said, well, I'm, I'm, it's not a parenting book. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling people how to parent their kids. I'm not telling you how to talk to your teenager so that he or she does his homework. What I am saying is that however you choose to parent, you do that when your stress is low. And you, that's mm-hmm. basically what you just said. That That's what this book is about. This is however you want to parent. You can't pull that off unless you're feeling good in your life. And that's, and that was the inspiration of the book completely. I love that. And I love, I really appreciate that because I think that's one of the biggest hurdles for really, whether it's, you know, 
grazing in the pantry at 4 p.m. or handling, you know, like just last night, I started a new live workshop, seven week workshop. And I would run my kids around all afternoon. I had this window of time before I left to meet this new group of parents. And the kids were, God bless them, you know, they were on the, my kids are 16 and 13. They were on the couch together, laughing at some, something on their phone. And for whatever reason, well, not for whatever reason, I was nervous about my class, but that wasn't necessarily in my consciousness. All I knew was that I was agitated and I knew that they were going to be in charge of their dinner. I knew that they had things to do. I knew that there were things I wanted them to do and get done and have done before I got back a few hours later. And the delivery was, I mean, I was just like a lunatic and they kind of sat there and they're like, okay, okay. It wasn't (laughs) until I was in the car on the way to the class that I realized what that was all about, which was ultimately just, you know, very healthy, normal nerves for, you know, not, I don't get that nervous, but you know, it's a new group, it's a new space. And, and so I think that whatever the theme, right, whether it's nutrition or exercise or parenting or, you know, job performance, I think self-regulation is ultimately, and, and be, and growing the observer that we are so that we can recognize like, oh, I see what's happening here. I'm a little nervous about this thing. The kids are fine. Everything's going to be fine. I don't need to be a huge bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Or like, oh, I think I'm hungry. I want to go, you know, nibble down the Ritz peanut butter cracker sandwiches that I got for my kid for, you know, school lunches. That's a quick and easy snack, but instead just pausing and asking myself like, am I really hungry? Is this what's going to fuel me? Am I going to feel good after this? Like being the observer of self. And I'm guessing that small stepping has something to do with this. So will you tell us a little bit about what, what is small stepping? Yeah, I I will, but I'll share like a quick, I'll share a quick story because a very similar to what you were talking about. And I'll just say that for me, the approach begins even before observation, it begins with self-knowledge, like knowing who you are as a human being, knowing who you are as a parent, really defining that for yourself so that you know where your sort of anchor, your go-to is. And then I'll now sort of, sort of talk about, but my own challenge and it still is. And I think, I think like I always want parents to know and people that I work with to know, like it's never the expectation to be like, well now hundred percent, I'll never act like that again. You're not going to turn into a robot. We are human. And there are going to be times where you're going to be stressed about something. It's just, it's just what it is, what it is. Um, but I think if we can sort of tip the scales in our favor, most of the time, then we win that we win the day. And, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, that's again, like kind of that really, but for me, it was coming home, you know, I'd be listening to the news or whatever on, on the way home, I'd get home and I'd be kind of irritable, not again, like you, like not consciously necessarily, but I'd sort of walk in the door with this kind of, and I'm checking my phone. I just got home from work, but I'm checking my phone for email and my kids are there and I've got nine year old twins and a, and a 14 year old and my wife's there and we're hanging out, but I'm so not there and I'm irritable mm-hmm. and why aren't they? Well, I know I got to wash the dishes. Why aren't the dishes? Why we got to, and we're kind of <laughs> this whole thing, right? Yeah. And so, so what I did was in that, in my own practice, which I'll talk about, but I decided that what I would do is not watch the news anymore, uh, not listen to the news on the way home. That was number mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Cause I started to look at, that's not, I, the way I looked at it is like, that's not me. The person who walked in that door like that is not me. I didn't beat myself up over it and say, you're a bad person. You're a bad parent. I said, who is that guy? That's not even who I am. So I then asked the question all within the same context of my practice. What is 
driving me to be that guy that I'm not like who, who what's the one of them I realized was the news and the other thing I did is I spent I spend like a crazy person my wife looked out the window the first couple of times is like what are you doing but I would sit in my car before I get out of my car I would take about five to ten deep breaths and it was literally a 30 second endeavor but that was just enough for me to reset the clock mm-hmm. no news on the way home 10 deep breaths walk in the door yeah. most most days I win most days I win. There are still days where I, because of the day I had at work, it's just going to be one of those things, but most days I win. And that's, and that, I think that's the name of the game. Um, and that's the challenge. I think that you have the exact same way with your group. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and I think that what I'm hearing you say, which I want the listeners hearing this too, because I think we live in a culture that values, you know, perfection and not making mistakes. And that really works against us because especially like, I love that you said we're not robots. I say that all the time. Like we are not robots. Our kids aren't robots. We're humans with human emotions and experiences and lenses. And it's just so messy. So to expect any kind of formula, any kind of like, you know, like I said, I had a a new class last night and I said, you know, if I had a script to give you that would eliminate all the challenges that you have, I'd be making a lot more money. (laughs) That does not exist, right? But the way we be, if we can really focus on how we be and how we show up, that's going to inspire, inform, empower, and influence what we do. And that, you know, I do have some one-liners. I do have some tools, but, and I learned this in another training. I coach for an organization called Boldly and Body Life, and they have a coach training. And one of the activities we did the last time we were together was to look at, you know, we have tools And then we have users, but the outcome of whatever we do is based on the user of the tool. So there's the user, the tool, and then there's the user of the tool. So paying attention and being aware and mindful enough to recognize what is contributing to the irritation, the stress and overwhelm, the dis-ease that you're experiencing in your life, because that's something we have control over. Whether or not the dishes are done when we walk in the door is not something we have any control over. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. 
Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. But how we respond to it and what's contributing to how we respond to it, I think that's where we can make choices. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's 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 exactly right. I mean, on the nutrition front, people oftentimes they'll say, you know, Ben and Jerry's, that's my that's my problem. You know, ice cream mm. is my problem. Cheese is my problem. Anyone and, saying Ben and Jerry's is a problem is should be damned. I, right. <laughs> I know it's true. But what I but 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 in but in all honesty, what I say to them is I go, that's your solution. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, I really, yes. want, and I really want people to remember, like you have a bad day at work and you're stressed and you come in the door. That's the thing that helps you deal with the stress. It really, really is. The question sure. is, are there better ways to deal with the stress or not? But to say that's my problem, that's not your problem. We're, 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 you read the news, you know, I've said this before, like I dropped my kids off at school and like I did this morning and not a day goes by and act, actually not a day goes by where I don't have a little moment of pause because you read the news about the horrific things that happen in schools. And I, and I drop my kids off. And this is, this is just a drop in the bucket of what parents and individuals have to deal with in the modern world, mm-hmm. knowing what we know, the craziness of, of, of this. This is a very, very challenging time. Mm-hmm. And so we need solutions. We need to be able to dissipate the stress. The only question yes. is, are we doing most of the time healthy behaviors to dissipate the stress, or are we doing unhealthy behaviors? If we're doing unhealthy behaviors most of the time, then that's gonna snowball into us being more unhealthy, more stressed, et cetera, et cetera. And it's sort of just breaking that that uh-huh. up a little bit. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, I, I totally get it. I just want people to not blame, you know, not get, like I didn't want myself to get mad at myself for the way I behaved in the house. I wanted to look at it and say, if, if that's not who I am because I know who I am, mm-hmm. then what were the circumstances that got me to that place? Then you can actually be empowered to make an actual change instead of trying to willpower a change tomorrow, you can actually start setting the stage for actual change. And that's, that's the exciting thing about, about my small steps approach, I think. So coming back to knowing who you are as a parent, I think that that can either be a really simple invitation, or it can also be a really challenging invitation. Mostly I say that because so much of Um, the typical human existence is spent at the surface and in reaction to what life throws at us. 
So how do you support and how could you, if listeners, somebody's listening right now and it's like, who know who I am as a parent? Like, what does that mean? Well, so, so one, and I, I, meant, I meant to comment on the perfection thing. So if I could just for yeah, a second. Yeah, so what I do with people is I tell people either chuck the concept of perfection because that tends to get us into trouble. Or if you're really going to talk about being a perfect parent or a perfect human being, then you have to use the definition of what a human being is, which is that we are flawed. Mm-hmm. So just to, to say I'm a perfect human being, therefore I never make mistakes. Well, then you're no longer a human being. And so so the idea is like, understand the nature of the being, first of all, then say, what's the perfect version of that? Well, the perfect version of it isn't one that doesn't make mistakes. Maybe the perfect version of it is the one that makes mistakes, but how do they handle the mistakes? Maybe the perfect version of a human being is one that, that is about self-care and compassion and has a core of ethic that, that informs their actions most of the time. Maybe that is perfection. So I want people to play with that idea. Mm, love it. So, so with that said, on, on the idea of, um, of the sort of the perfect parent idea, I have a very specific thing. It's actually in my book with a little area that you can write this. Um, I call it the first task because I don't have a lot of imagination for for names. So I call it the first task. <laughs> the first, it's the I first like task. It. It's good, simple. <laughs> it's, it's the first task. Um, and so... Um, I do this for both individuals that I'm working with, but also for parents. So in the, in the raising healthy parents, it's the parenting version of the first task. Mm -hmm. And what it says is this, imagine that you have, you have a shroud over your head. You can't see, you have no idea what's going on in your life. It's been erased, but somebody says to you, um, Casey, you are the perfect parent. Like you don't, you don't see what's going on, but let me tell you, you are the perfect parent. Describe to me what you do every day. And, and that's begins that exercise where you write in, in and I do it in present tense. So it's like, not, I will do this, but like I come home. And it's for, so in other words, here's what I would write a little, did a little mm-hmm. couple. I would say, I walk in the door at the end of the day and I'm not stressed. I'm calm. I hang out with my kids. My phone goes away. I hang out with my wife. We sit and we have dinner together. Um, I, I, I take, I eat really well. Most of the time I exercise, I spend tons of time with a family. I'm straight with my kids. I don't lose my temper. These, these are, this is how I would define in my first task. This is harder than people think they go. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the problem is, is there isn't actually a shroud. So you kind of know it's interesting when I'm working with individuals and on the health nutrition side, if, if let's say somebody I'm working with is, is significantly overweight, which sometimes Mm -hmm. that happens in their first task, they will write often, um, I'm at a healthy weight. They, and then what I say to that as when they write that, I said, just so you know, and this is not woo woo word game Mm -hmm. crap. This is real. This is boots Mm -hmm. on the ground. I would say that is who you actually are. Mm -hmm. That you are overweight means you have not been living in line with actually who you are. In the parenting realm, when I say I walk in the door not irritable, that's who I am. I Now I know that. Now, can I feel bad that sometimes I don't do that? Or can I say, well, now that I know who I am, what steps can I take to be more that guy more often than not? But that's how you define. You have to take a few minutes, literally a few minutes per day. I mean, I, people yeah. don't, you know, and, and just say, well, if, if I were living as an ideal parent, really, what would it look like? To me, you can't, the other work to become that is, is useless unless you know where you're going. Like, unless yeah. you really know who you are, that's why for me, it's, it is that knowledge. Knowledge is important. Like I said, in the very beginning, but then it's all about the implementation, but yeah. you gotta know, you gotta know first. And that's how I would, uh, that's how I guide people to do that, that exercise. Right. And to me, what helps me wrap my head around it too, is like, who am I at my best? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And it's such an anchor. It's such a lovely anchor, especially when, because there's a lot, I'm sure you've seen this, you know, the parents I work with, there's, there's so much beat up. There's so much self-doubt. There's so much, oh, I failed. The word fail comes up a lot. And, and I appreciate this simple recognition of, oh, this happened and that's not who I am. And I'm going to move towards doing what I need to do to be that person that I know that I am. And having like a really clear picture of that, I think is so important. And visiting it, like you just said, on a daily basis, you know, whether it's a mantra, I love post-it notes. I have post-it notes all over my world. (laughs) Uh, But post-it notes, just as a little friendly reminder, like, hey, check yourself because this is who you are. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, but I you got to you you got to you got to know for you know as you said you got to know first. I feel like a lot of times in the um you know I keep it's all one thing. So but I'll talk about sort of the nutrition side of things. People mm-hmm. often go like I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm you know this they have these messages they've heard their entire lives. I'm a binger. They'll come to mm-hmm. me and say I'm a, I'm a binger. I can't control my my eating. And yet in the first task um they write you know, I don't binge. I have a healthy relationship with food as the, as then the implementation through my, through the small steps, uh, begins, they start to see glimpses and, and glimmers of the true them emerging. Mm-hmm. And that's the most exciting thing because then all of a sudden I go, you know, you've been defining yourself by how you've been in the external world when that's been in complete conflict with actually what you stand for and what you value. Um, and that, that's interesting. So again, I can, define myself as a crappy parent because I walk in the door irritable. Or again, I can just say, that's not who I am. I know that now. And now I'm going to take steps to not be that. And every time I succeed, it feels right because it feel because it's completely like it's natural. It's like, oh wait, that's that's who I am. That that oh that's how that's supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. You don't feel the one of the coolest things that happened when I launched Small Steppers was the response overwhelmingly, and I did not see this coming, people said, I'm not beating myself up anymore. And mm-hmm. I realized like that is, a, and for me too, Huge. like we all, oh my gosh, right? People Huge. are beating yeah. themselves up. It's like, yeah, because you're defining yourself by what you're doing, but that not that may not necessarily be who you are. You got to get back to you. You got to start living yeah. life on your terms. And that's that's the job of this. And, and how much, and how necessary is this for our kids, right? I mean, if you oh, yeah. want to raise kids well, this is it. You got to do this for yourself first. Hey everyone, Casey here, just interrupting this interview to remind you that you have this great opportunity for giving back to the Joyful Courage podcast and receiving in return. I mention it in the introduction of the podcast. I mention it as I leave at the end, but Patreon, Patreon is where you can go and you can show your support for the value that you receive from this podcast. I get emails, I get messages all the time talking about the way that you all are consuming and loving and putting into practice all that you hear on this show. Patreon is a place where you get to contribute and give back. So at the $10 level, you also get to be included on some monthly webinars and other perks, but you can also just give a dollar a month. You can give $5 a month, whatever works for you and your budget. Something really special happens when we know that we are giving back to the service, the product, the companies, the podcast that is giving us so much. So I encourage you to head on over to patreon.com slash joyful courage 
That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash joyfulcourage and decide how much the podcast is worth to you. Thanks. I love being transparent about this process to our kids. Like even when we make a mistake. So even when I was all caught up in my stuff and on the surface last night and just kind of reacting to them from my place of stress, you know, by the time I got to where I was going, I pulled out my phone and I sent them both a text and I acknowledged like, you know what? I was kind of a nightmare before I left. And I just want to acknowledge that I, I realize I'm a little nervous about this class that I'm about to teach. And so those nerves kind of made my body feel weird. And so I was just kind of looking for a way to release that. And it, you know, and it turned out you, you got it. And so when I get home, I'm going to show up loving and connected and present. So, you know, love you guys. And I think even when we make our mistakes and our flaws show up, it's also an opportunity for our children to witness what the human experience is and they get, to, and we get to model what it looks like to say, huh, wow, I could have done that better. <laughs> Owning it, you know, cause every time we make a list of life skills that we want our kids to learn to embody in my classes, personal responsibility shows up, accountability shows up, you know, making it right, fixing our mistakes, all those things show up. And if if they're not seeing and experiencing the healthy adults in their life doing those things, you know, then they don't, they don't know what it looks like. Yeah. They won't have the skill. I mean, arguing, arguing is a perfect example. Like my wife and I get into an argument, you know, like any, Mm -hmm. any, I've been married 25 years. Like we, Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to get into arguments and, and, and we don't hide that from the kids. We don't go into another room and so that they have no idea when they get into a relationship and they start arguing that that's, they're going to think that's abnormal. Well, my parent, I never saw my parents argue. So this must be abnormal if I'm arguing with my spouse. Well, that's insane to, mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's like they, I need them to see that I'm nervous when I speak. I want them, like I tell them that yeah. I go, I'm scared when I get on stage. I need them to see what it's like to have fear, to feel mm-hmm. fear and to continue through it. I need yeah. them to see that when their mom and I, you know, when Lisa and I argue, and resolve that they see that arguments are real, they are going to happen. And how you resolve them is the name of the game. I need them to see the mistakes like you, like you just said, so that, that, that to me is the cool, that's perfection. If you're going to say perfection to me, that's perfection of saying, I screwed up. Here's how I handled it. I'm owning it. I'm accountable for it. And when I come home, I'm going to make it right. What better lesson can you give your child? I mean, seriously, like what better lesson can you give your child? That's going to benefit them in the workplace when they screw up and get reprimanded and they, but they don't quit. They just go, oops. Okay. I totally got that wrong. <laughs> Let yep. me fix this. You know what I mean? Own it, like, fix it, move on. Yes, yeah, move on. Exactly. totally. Exactly. And I think that that is so underrated. <laughs> like, it is. Just, you know, totally that's such underrated. a missing conversation, I think right now. And I, and, you know, on, on the main stage right now, there is all sorts of examples of how sideways that can go when adults haven't had those opportunities in their life, but we won't get into that. <laughs> um, so what's task number two? Will you tell us? Well, it's funny because in tasks, so there's first task in the parenting in, in my normal small steppers practice, there is a second task, okay. but it's totally geared toward in small steps in general. Um, and I haven't really talked about my small steps approach, but the, the, the second task is Imagine a world where you, where there is no, this is again, like totally the nutrition side of what I do, mm-hmm. but you, you imagine a world where there is no 
food or beverages, like not even for pleasure, like zero, no coffee houses, no restaurants, no food, no grocery stores. Um, and then they do a quick, uh, quantification of, of about how much time they would save. So in other words, you know, they'll go like, well, you, and I, this is not a joke. Like some people spend an average of, and a lot of people actually hour to three hours per day on food and or food related that goes for cleaning dishes and shopping and preparing and everything else. Does that so with, also include like, I wonder what I should eat? Should yeah, I eat? What am I going to eat? That's right. So that's okay. the thinking time. So it, no, it absolutely does. So you quantify all that and you go, okay, well, so I'm, if I'm spending three hours to possibly more when you figure in the thinking and that's gone all of a sudden, what do I do with that mm -hmm. time? And that's the question that people ask. And the answer is often, um, I spend more time with my family. Mm -hmm. I hang out with my friends. I travel. I write a, I write the novel I always wanted to write. I learn how to play guitar. When they realize the things that they would kind of, you know, really be the enjoyment of their life would increase significantly, then begins the small step process of incorporating those things in ways that are now bringing food and beverage back in small steps comes into play. Like, okay, where can I fit these things in, in a way that begins the process of actually including them for real. But it's just mm -hmm. a way of like, if that were gone, what would you do? Again, it's sort of a next incarnation of what would your ideal life look like? The first mm -hmm. task for individuals, not parents is simply I'm living my ideal life. Right. What does that look like? And, and, and then begins the process of small steps. Hey, everybody. Listen, I'm so excited to give you an update on Songfinch. Songfinch delivers. I shared last month that I was going to have them create an original song for Ian, my graduating senior. Well, the song is done and the process of co-creating it with the artist on Songfinch was so cool. I got to provide details and ideas. And then the musician of my choice wrote up the lyrics, put it to the music that I picked. And the results are so cool. I can't wait to surprise Ian with it. I will be sure to record it and share it with all of you. Songfinch is an innovative service that lets you create an original radio quality song inspired by your own life and the people you love. It's completely unique, personal, and it lasts forever. After moving through their process, you get the final results in four to seven days. For a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song to Spotify for free. So you and the lucky person you gift it to can listen to it anywhere, anytime. Whether your song is for Father's Day, an upcoming graduation, wedding, or anniversary, or even just a gift to show your loved one how much you care, Start your song now to lock in one of Songfinch's top artists. Go to songfinch.com slash joyful and start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free, which is a $50 value. Again, my URL is songfinch.com slash joyful. Don't forget to share your song with us too. songfinch.com slash joyful. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? 
And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. So when we shifted into your Raising Healthy Parents book and and what you share there, where do we go from knowing who you are as a parent? How do we use that? What are some like little tips and takeaways, little starting places or stepping stones for now incorporating, like being who we are as parents? What are some of the tools that you offer? Well, so this is this is now getting into the nitty gritty of the small steps of my small steps approach, okay. which which, you know, a lot of people talk about, no, I'm not the only one who talks about small steps. I have a unique definition of small steps. So some people talk about, oh, you got to break down your things into two minute increments or this or that. How I define a small step is an action, the size of which is going to cause you only an adaptive amount of stress. So adaptive stress is that stress that we need to grow and evolve. And it's, it's how we strengthen and and embolden Mm -hmm. too little stress is us sitting on a couch doing nothing Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. much stress is us having to expend a lot of willpower and eventually burning out. Mm -hmm. Adaptive stress is that kind of nice little window where you're doing things, you're active, you're engaged, you're aware, you're self, you know, you're conscious, Mm -hmm. but it's not too much and not too little sort of the Goldilocks effect of stress. That's kind of how I refer to it sometimes. And so so that's to me is a definition. So in other words, I've had clients nutritionally come in to me with cancer and, and they have it already. And they're like, look, I just want to eat better. Tell me what to do. They change their diet overnight because to me, to them, that's a small step to, because mm-hmm. it's not causing them in an order. They're not going to burn out. But for most clients that I've had a small step for them may be, and this is not a joke. I started a woman off one time with a, a single stock of celery per day because she mm-hmm. was on three meal of junk food per day. And she had done 50,000 diets already by the time she came to me. And guess what? Failed every one of them, even though I don't call it failure. I just call it, you never set up for success with those kind, that kind of model of the quick fix. But she had already done the drastic change and, and burnt out. When you begin the small step approach, you are simply incorporating things in a size that you determine, not me. I empower people to make these decisions for themselves. So in answer to your question is now you know who you are as your parent. And you're saying, Um, I, you know, I, or let's say an individual, a lot of times people go like, I, I play guitar, but, Mm -hmm. but in the parenting world, you know, guess what goes on the back burner Mm -hmm. creativity for, I don't have time for that. I got to raise my, I don't have time. There's a big time conversation having happening all the time. Exactly. So, so to me as a, to me, my, this is just me speaking personally, Sid personally is to me, part of me being a good parent is having, and actually a good husband too, is having things independent of the family that bring me joy and lower my overall stress. Mm -hmm. And so one of those things is, you know, my podcast and, and, uh, you know, the books I've written and also Mm -hmm. music because I used to be a full-time musician and, you know, I toured and had a band and and all this kind of stuff. And I, and I want that for myself because it, it, one brings me joy and two makes me a better parent because it brings me joy. Mm -hmm. So in the small steps approach, and I used to do this full time when I was in Los Angeles, I spent hours every day doing it. Well, now my life is different. So for me, my small step in music, and this is for real right now, is 10 minutes per week. That That's what I do. If I try to do more than that, and I have, I can't hack it because of just my way my schedule is. I have a different job now. But 10 minutes a week, I can do. And when I can do that, I feel good about it. 
I have, I'm accomplishing. I don't have that message of, oh, I'm such a failure. I can't play. I'm not even playing music. I'm such an idiot. I should be playing. I should. I hate the word should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should be playing me. I should be. I'm like, no, I'm doing it. I'm actually playing. At the point where 10 minutes becomes, maybe it becomes where I'm like, well, that's easy. I could do more than that. Fine. Then mm-hmm. I bring it up, but I still make sure I'm always maintaining it in that same stress area, not too much, not too little. If I took on, if I went from 10 minutes a week to an hour a day because I felt like I could, I might find out soon that that's too much and I would bring it back down to maybe 10 minutes a day, try that back mm-hmm. and forth. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's essentially where I, as a coach, I'm coaching people how to learn that system of of a regulation and an, an adaptation to keep themselves in that minimally stressful but still stressful area um, and to bring yes. in things that bring them joy. Listeners, did you hear that? Because I was ready for you to say 10 minutes a day. And when you said, and I thought, oh, I can already hear the yeah buts in the crowd. I love that you said <laughs> 10 minutes a week because people, you have 10 minutes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, or five or, you know, and yes. And, and, and the conversation around having, you know, and I know a lot of my listeners have kids under five, although yep. I'm, you know, talking more and more about teenagers as my kids move into the teen years. So what up parents of teens? Um, <laughs> but I, you know, it, it it's busy. Like everybody knows we're busy. There's, you know, some of us that are working outside the home. Some of us are working at home. Some of us are just being at home, not just, you know, with young kids and oh my gosh, it feels like there's no space. So a little takeaway, I want to invite everybody to take a look at your week ahead and notice the pockets, notice where there's pockets. And if you need to ask for help, ask for help, but find that 10 minute pocket. Well, first, figure out what is it that brings you joy? What did, yeah. you, what did you, you know, perceive that you had to let go of having children and where can you bring 10 minutes of that back into your life? So I just want to really challenge everybody that's listening because man, that time conversation is just wild. And I have it too. Why well, you know, do you? I have it too. Minutes, had to, hence the 10 minutes a week. And I, and again, I'll stress this again. I used to be a full-time musician. So it's a transition for me to say, well, I used to do this full-time. It's how I identified. Well, as an adult now, and I, it's sort of like acting like an adult, I can say, well, this is not my life now, but yeah. I still love music. So what can I do? So mm-hmm. remember, I, I kind of glossed over this, but I have twins. Yeah, I heard, so, I so, heard that. <laughs> yeah, and they're nine. <laughs> but but when they were, you know, my wife works, she's a graphic designer. I work full time. I'm a runner. She, she, you know, she runs. But there, here we are with twins. And my eldest daughter was four and a half. So it wasn't like she was, you know, 16 when we yeah. had the twins. So we We've got twins plus three small kids. Well, all of a sudden, exercise became a thing. So mm-hmm. we could easily have said, well, we don't have time to exercise. We, mm-hmm. So we've got twins and we, we just have time to exercise. But what we did do is we had a little mini trampoline and we would put the, the twins on a little blanket and we would jump on a trampoline in the living room. And and people and I'm a runner. I'm like a – I'm the guy who goes out the door. Yeah, and ultra goes, marathon. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know what that means. Does that it mean means, like it's a little bit more? Anything over anything exactly a little bit more. It's instead of twenty six point two, it's twenty six point three. No, it's it's, just, it's, it's, it's it's like I'm an ultra. Um, yeah, no, it's it's, Way it's to anything, rub it in. exactly. No, it's anything over a marathon and it's on trail. So um, anyway, so it, here it. I was. Here I was, ten minutes on a trampoline, a few times yeah. a week, because because I could either say I can, I don't have time to exercise, and then I have to hear the language in my head of I should I'm out of shape, I should mm-hmm. be exercising. Instead, I go, I'm exercising. 
I'm moving my body. I'm winning this. I'm winning the day. You know, yeah. like my kids are here. I'm with them. I'm jumping on a trampoline. Yes. That's what I'm doing. If well, I didn't have a trampoline, I would dance to music in my living room just it. to move my body. Well, and I think too, like how our conversations about our kids and about our parenting shifts when we're taking care of ourselves, because I have no time to do anything can very easily lead to, God, these kids, they're so needy and they're this and they're that yeah, yeah, yeah. and they can't. And, yeah. you know, and I love, I use the metaphor of the iceberg a lot. It's a, I mean, I didn't invent it, but, you know, I learned it through my training in positive discipline is the first place I heard it. I've seen it in a lot of places since, but when in this context, so coming back to knowing who you are as a parent, that ideal, not perfect, but who you want to be as a parent and then that's above the surface, right? And then yep. under the surface are all of these things like, and I'm not, you know, and notice listeners that we're not talking about, this is what you say so that your kids are easier at bedtime. Like that's yeah, yeah, not yeah. even what this is about. It's that's about right. fulfilling ourselves in our inside of our role so that no matter what happens at bedtime, we can be that much more easygoing. We can be that much more connected and present. And so I'm just really appreciating this conversation because discouragement is really real. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you end up with twins or sometimes, you know, there's other kinds of things that life will throw and and they're painful and they're powerful. And um, the language you know, the way that I talk about it is there's things that happen and we feel like we're just face down in the muck. Mm -hmm. And I try to encourage, you know, my invitation is like, what's one thing you could do that not to like leap out of the hole, but to simply roll over That's right. and see that the sky has not fallen. Yeah. You and I are so locked up on this. Like it's, it's a little scary, <laughs> but my, ter my, my, ter my terminology I use and I use it in the book too, is I call it stealing moments. Okay. And, and, and the reason I say that is, first of all, I want people to think in moments. When you're standing in line at Starbucks to get a coffee, we don't think of that as valuable time. We have, we have our phones out and we're watching the news. We're looking at the news or reading email. But that's a very we're amazing Facebook, moment. Facebook, let's be real. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, a month ago, I, I, I got off all social media. I'm literally social media free. I have not one social media account. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Strava. And I don't LinkedIn, even know what that is. All went into the trash. Yeah, uh, Strava is like an athlete's kind okay. of thing. Um, again, so if you stand, if you're standing in line at Starbucks or in the market or something, mm -hmm. that's a moment. That's a moment for you to take a few deep breaths. These are the things that add up during the day. These are the moments. Yes. Like turning over is what you're talking about. That's a. That's the small step. That's the. These moments add up. The 10 minutes a week that I play with music, people might go, well, that's only 10 minutes. What does that do? Well, what it does is it's 10 minutes of joy, first of all, but it's also me not beating myself for not playing music at all. Mm -hmm. And number three, I think about music during the week. There's this added bonus when you're doing something and it's in your life that you're thinking about it. And so if I'm standing in line in Starbucks, I might be thinking about music because I'm doing it. It's in my life. And that's for me, music. It's for somebody else. It's whatever. But or writing a novel or something. One of my greatest success stories as a nutritionist was a woman who was came to me to, you know, eat better, presumably. Um, and I knew pretty quickly that she she knew she had the knowledge. But in the small step process in the first task, it came out that she was a, a writing a novel in her first task, and that she had begun one and stopped writing it a year ago. So there was the language I'm not writing. So we small steps. She started off with 10 minutes in the morning, which she had. She's single and no mm -hmm. kids are out of the house. 10 minutes in the morning was her small step. It changed her eating habits. It literally, mm -hmm. I hadn't even gotten to, I hadn't even started talking about food yet. 
we, we were small stepping into every area non-food related. And sure enough, within weeks, she said, I got home and I usually snack. I walked in the kitchen and I was like, I have other stuff on my mind. That, those mm-hmm. were her words. She said, I have other things on my mind. That's because she was doing something that was bringing her back to herself. And that was an amazing thing. And if you can apply that as a parent, steal those moments back and understand that moments do have power. You don't need big chunks of time. You actually don't need big chunks of time to be highly successful as a human being. I love that, right? They come to it. Like they come to me for parenting. They come to you for nutrition and it's all personal growth and development. It's absolutely, (laughs) it's totally true, right? It is absolutely true. It's a funny, that's why my, and I think yours too, but mine, my approach changed so much because I began as a nutritionist. Here's your plan. Eat these things, and I was like, "Oh, geez, no, no big surprise. People aren't aren't sticking to this stuff." Oh right? yeah, that's what like, I would hear. Like, I really like what I learned in your class, but I get so mad that it all goes out the window. I can't right. access them. That's right. You gotta you gotta hit the baseline first. You gotta develop yourself first. Then you can implement however you want to be as a parent. Absolutely. And and I'm guessing that you probably this will be another place where we're the same. But um. I, another thing that I often will say, and I want everybody listening to hear me again, because <laughs> I say it a lot on the podcast, right. we can't wait for the big moment to practice. You know, like what I really appreciate when you're talking about stealing back those moments and using them, using them to feel your feet on the floor, using them to observe yourself, using them to notice what's alive currently in your body. And is that where you want to be? And how can you shift using them and noticing what you're thinking in the moment, because that's going to be, if we can, you know, wire that practice, then when we are high stress and we do happen to listen to the news on the way home and forget to do our breathing and walk in and are irritated. Okay. Where are my feet? What's going on in my body? How can I shift? Yeah. Right. But if we haven't, we don't practice outside of the moment, you know, then forget about it. It's like That's the right. Super Bowl teams don't just show up <laughs> to play. Yeah, They've they been just, practicing. Yeah they, just, yeah, they don't just show up and they actually, they, they don't just play football when they train. They do yeah. like all not seemingly non-related things to actually playing football. They're in the weight room, they're running. And, and we as parents need to diversify yes, our, our, for the good of the family and for the good of our joy, you yeah. know, like you're called joyful courage for a reason. There's a joyful aspect of this. And that's because that's really what we're after. It's not about getting your kid to do homework. We want to do the things that mean the most as human beings, which are relating to other human beings and having these relationships. Well, that that's about joy. And that's the, you know, that is the challenge. And we've got to diversify instead of trying to tackle irritability when you walk in the door. Yes, I want to change it. Okay, how? Well, mm-hmm. by, by doing, by, by looking at other areas in my life, that's yes. how you change the irritability. You gave me a great segue. I'm going to ask you my last question, which is in the context of all that we've spoken about, Sid, what does joyful courage mean to you? Yeah, well, it, you know, basically what I said, the, the, even the, the, I would say even listening to people who listen to your podcast, I would say people who, who are even thinking about making improvements as a parent, there is a huge, um, to me, an inspiring level of courage there that it, that mm-hmm. that we are saying in the midst of a very challenging world that's oh, I'm sure always been challenging but we always think this is the most challenging but for whatever mm-hmm. reason it's, it's it, it seems challenging 
um, that we're we saying, win. It's the most yeah, challenging for yeah, us. Exactly. <laughs> and we're, and we're, and, and, and in spite of that, and in spite of the things we read on the news about horrible things that happen in schools and all these kinds of mm-hmm. things, in spite of that, we're showing up and we're taking our kids and we're, and we're doing the best we can and we want to do better. And there's a, an amazing amount of courage in that, simply that decision. Then to take that further and say, I, I not only want it, but I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, is it again, it's just, it actually is courageous in the real true meaning of the word where I see joyful part of that is to me, my interpretation of that is that it is all to the end of joy. It is all to the end of, we do this because we love our kids and we do this because we want to have a meaningful life. And that includes raising families for many people. And, and, you know, the most meaningful thing for me is raising my children and, 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 and like we talked about before, you know, letting them see my flaws and letting, and my wife, letting them see her flaws and, and understanding there's a certain beauty in that and a joy in that and, and, and growing strong kids to be okay with their flaws is, 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 it's just awesome. So anyway, that's where I see joyful courage. Beautiful. Remind listeners where they can find you and follow your work. Well, since I'm not on any social media, they can go to That's very brave. That's very uh, courageous business-wise. Yeah, I know. I know. I had to make a decision. I was like, you know, it's quality of life. It really was. Anyway, so um, so SidGarzaHillman.com. And I'm a big YouTuber. So technically, YouTube is social media. I I don't see it that way. But people Mm -hmm. are like, what about YouTube? I was like, okay, you got me. Anyway, (laughs) um, so my podcast is What Sid Thinks. My YouTube channel is Sid Hillman. And my website, SidGarzaHillman.com, and that's how they can um, – and oh, and SmallSteppers.com is my 12-week program um, where I – with live Q&As every week and, and emails and stuff, I teach people my approach. Great. Well, uh, I will make sure all of those links, listeners, are in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much. This has been so great. I love this conversation, and I'm so glad that there's so many people that are having it with me. So thank you, Sid. You're awesome. I'm so glad that you um, that you had me come on here. Thank you so much for, for everything and for the work you do, especially. Joyful Courage community, thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. Big thanks and love to my team, including my producer, Chris Mann at Podshaper. Be sure to join the discussion over at the Live and Love with Joyful Courage group page, as well as the Joyful Courage business pages on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, really anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Also, I mentioned Patreon at the beginning of the show. Check it out, www.patreon.com slash joyfulcourage. This is where you can contribute to the show and take advantage of patron perks like content-rich monthly webinars and deeper discussions about what's being shared on the podcast. You will like it, www.patreon.com slash joyfulcourage. Any comments or feedback about this show or any others can be sent to Casey at joyfulcourage.com. I personally read and respond to all the emails that come my way, so reach out. You can also sign up for my biweekly newsletter at joyfulcourage.com. Just go to the website, sign up for that. Take a breath, drop into your body, find the balcony seat and trust that everyone is going to be okay. Big love to each and every one of you. Have a beautiful rest of your day.
If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.